Hello and welcome to All Remote Podcast. My name is Ilana. And my name is Anya. And we are your hosts. All Remote Podcast aims to give space for all remote advocates to share ideas and insights into the future of work. We believe the future of work should create equal opportunities for everyone, regardless of their location, gender, or any other category. Enjoy. All right. So, hi, Angelina. Welcome to All Remote Podcast. Good to have you. Hi, Anya. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, we've known each other for a while, but making this official on a podcast seems, seems about right. Yeah, this is definitely, definitely the, the most official thing we've done so far. Hopefully not the only one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, okay, so for the people that don't know you that well, do you mind sharing something about yourself and your company? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Angelina. I'm the founder of Acework, which is a remote talent platform where we vet remote-ready candidates and we connect them to career opportunities in the network. Uh, we also help companies um, with moving towards more flexibility and more um, remote-friendly ways of working, uh, which right now in the current climate is definitely um, big in demand. Uh, we're speaking during the times of corona, if anyone is listening later on. Um, yeah, and I'm based in Berlin, Germany, founded the company there as well, uh, but we are a globally distributed team from the east coast of the U.S. all the way to Russia. And uh, yeah, have figured out remote working to the extent how big our team is at the moment, but it is definitely an ongoing process. Yeah, for sure. Acework is an amazing company. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, one of the things that I find really interesting is that you tapped into remote readiness with Acework and with the work that you're doing. Um, so can you tell us, in your opinion, what does it mean to be remote ready, both as a company and as a person? Mm, absolutely. So I think uh, one of the things that we found out really early on is that there are certain traits and characteristics that make someone more successful as a remote worker in the long run. Um, and those are based on academic research. We've worked with academics on that, but also on just the vast knowledge that we gathered from hiring managers and recruiting managers that are screening for those things when they're looking to hire someone remotely. And um, we wanted to basically make it easier for both the companies and the candidates that are on the platform um, to know whether or not they are remote ready and ready to work together by screening all of our candidates for those traits, right? Those include like communication skills, you know, asynchronous and synchronous communication. Uh, their self-motivation is a big one. Empathy, you know, um, is another one. So we have that list of traits and um, we do an interview with every single candidate to make sure that um, they are remote ready. Uh, and I think as a company, it is a little bit more complex, right? I think there are a lot of factors um, that go into this. Um, remote can look very different um, at different companies, right? Like there are fully distributed teams like us and, and Deal as well. But then there's teams that are mostly at an office and they just have a few remote employees. So for them, that will look different. Um, but as long as the remote worker is fully included in the team and as we say, like treated as like a first class employee and not a second class, not the afterthought for, to the office workers. I think that's um, sort of the baseline of when you think you can, you can build successful remote working. Yeah. So does that mean that uh, anyone can be good at remote working? Mm, that's a tough question. It's kind of like this nature versus nurture 
And um, I think What's maybe... Yeah, exactly. And I'm more on like the unpopular side that I think certain people are better at it than others. And you can learn it to a certain extent. But I also think it from like a character point of view or like a personality point of view, um, standpoint, it is harder for some people to be good at remote working. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There, there are pros and cons uh, for, for every person that's uh, yeah, in doubt. I, I, I think it's fair, right? Like you have, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I think there was um, this one really like standout moment when I spoke to one of my really close friends when I started ACE work and she's like, why would you ever want to work remotely? Like, I love my office. <laughs> so I think these people are out there and that's completely fine. And offices will always have a place for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we see how many people want something else. They want flexibility. Yeah, for sure. For sure. In, in my case, it's completely the opposite. I've never worked from an office. So wow. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's remote working from, from the start. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting if I ever decides to change. I highly doubt that, but we'll see where the life takes me. Uh, wonderful. So, um, we talked a bit about what it takes for a company or a person to be good at remote working, but let's take a deeper dive into remote hiring and talk a little bit about that. So I'm assuming there are many differences and similarities as well when you're comparing uh, in-office employees and remote hiring. Uh, so can you share like what your um, take is on that? Like, What are the differences and similarities between the two? Um, yeah, I think that's probably the right way to go about it, right? To say there's definitely a lot of things that are similar. In the end, you want to find the best person for that position, right? And you need to figure out what do I need to learn in order to make that decision. Um, it gets harder when you hire remotely because what happens to most remote companies is that you'll get a lot more applications. Um, so yeah. basically finding that needle in the haystack is getting harder. Um, and you need to have the right processes in place to really make sure um, that you have that you run an efficient recruiting process and an efficient hiring process um, that is fair, transparent, and without bias, right? And yeah. um, as a regu regular recruiter for an office um, role, like you would want to do the same. Um, but yeah, when you do it remotely, you obviously can only get to know the person through you know what we're doing right now, like a video call or um, you know a phone call. You can't show them an office. So you really need to make sure that the, the two-sided connection um, is built in that process without physically meeting the person. Um, and that can be hard, right? And we usually start off by um, telling or advising all of our um, clients that the job description is really that first key gate where yeah. you can do a lot to attract the right people, right? So spending a lot of time really honing down into, you know, what values we want to represent, like what does our hiring process look like? What does the team look like? What is really required for that role? And what is, you know, a nice to have? And then be very clear about um, what we call the, the fences around the remote work requirement, right? So when you say the role is no longer tied to a physical place, let's say, you know, Berlin, um, it opens you up to a global talent pool, but maybe you don't want to consider everyone in the whole world who could potentially fill that role, but you actually just want to consider people who are in specific time zones, right? Let's say, you know, you're okay with people plus minus two hours around Berlin, right? You need to clearly yeah. define that. 
um, maybe you are okay with people in specific countries, but not in others. So you need to say that as well. So it is similar to how general remote work is successful. So you have to be super clear on what's okay and what isn't and almost like over communicate um, in that job description already. That's the very first stage. Um, and I think it's a lot more important for remote roles to get that right than it is for office roles. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I just got carried away yeah, and I yeah. have a couple of uh, follow-up questions. So you actually mm-hmm. mentioned um, values and job descriptions and it's no longer the office and physical space. And I think it, it's not just for companies what they are offering, but also for people choosing who to work for. It really makes a difference how you present yourself as a company because I think people are choosing companies as well, especially nowadays. And it's something that you actually uh, sort of talked about in in your TED talk, which has been almost a year since you made it. So you talked a bit about like how millennials are choosing um, based on values, based on like the purpose, etc. And yeah, I just wanted to to kind of point back on that because I think it, it's still the same, right? Mm, absolutely. I mean, we've been like dubbed, you know, like the the purpose driven generation or whatever. Like we only work if yeah. there is a sense in it to have a clear why. Um, I, I guess that's it's not a definite thing to say. I think generations before had that as well. We were just very spoiled with choice up until now. So I think it was ta- getting great talent was very competitive, um, and that's why you know getting that right. Um, to to brand yourself well. Obviously, employer branding has been a big topic for many years now. Um, but that holds true in remote working as well because you, as a remote company, you still need to present yourself, right? And present your culture, what you stand for. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think anyone is, is more attracted by that. And top talent is definitely attracted by that. We see that too, you know. You can't get maybe, you know, 500 applications with like an okay job description, but like you probably won't get the best people yeah of course of course and now you actually have personal experience because acework is a remote first company so is there anything interesting that, that you came across uh while building acework as a company in the in this remote work world um absolutely i think there's many many great insights that we learned um we were very ambitious at the beginning we're a small team still to this day but we um we're convinced that like, we can make like almost global remote work um, happen for us. And we're a fast-moving startup, if you want to call it that. Um, and we realized really quickly that the one person who we hired um, was based in the Philippines. And she was absolutely, you know, great person, like fit, great with the team, but we had an eight-hour time difference to Berlin and like a ridiculous like 14 hours to the East Coast of the U.S. And that just didn't work for that current setup that we had, for the speed that at which we were moving. And we realized, you know what? Like we need to define our, our fences and say, mm-hmm. we're okay with going this far and not further. I think that was one big learning. And then the second big learning, um, which we've had recently, is that we uh, brought on board product lead who is also based in Berlin, which makes mm-hmm. um, it three team members in Berlin, right? And we got together for a workshop in person, which we normally don't do, right? We got together for a workshop in person and realized like now we are in some ways a hybrid team, which gives us an additional challenge, right? We need really need to bring everyone else on board on what we did. And we have to be very good about using our remote working tools. And we can't suddenly go off and like use post-its and, you know, 
yeah, just have everything verbally and like in, in this virtual, uh, in this physical world. So like we had to force ourselves to kind of stay remote, even though we're in, in one room, um, which was quite yeah, interesting. It would be interesting, I imagine. Yeah, but you, so before, during one of our talks, you, you mentioned as well that your team is partially in Berlin, but you also have people who are outside of Berlin and Germany. So how does that play out in regards to leveraging both the proximity, but also balancing it with other teammates who are not physically present? How does that work? Mm, it is tough, right? So we, when in, when in doubt, we choose remote. That's what we say, right? So, um, I mean, right now it's not even a question. Like we normally work at co-working spaces and cafes and like meet up sometimes, but right now everyone's working from home. We're not seeing each other. Absolutely not. Like we're all isolating. Um, but yeah, it is this balancing out of um, also taking the time that we do physically, let's say, to go for lunch, to also take that time and, um, you know, check in with someone who is far away, who we cannot meet for lunch, but just take time and chat and have that, that same non-work-related conversation as well. Yeah, you, you seem to have your communication in, in like the, almost the perfection, as, as perfect it can be in remote work. Uh, what are some of the tools that you guys are using? I, I guess it's a, a learning process for sure. Like I wouldn't say it's close to perfection. I think we have a lot to improve on still. And sometimes I'm confused because our team grows and then I realize like, oh, these two people are not speaking enough and then I need to build something for them to speak. Um, but I think what we are good at is being very aware um, and very reflected on what's going on. And uh, in terms of tools, to answer your question, I know everyone always wants to know about tools. What's working for us at the moment, and that may be different in a few months, um, is we're using Notion as our knowledge base and for uh, you know, re recording interactive um, like project requirements and those kind of things, um, which I really like. Like We've been using Notion since the beginning. It's, it's quite good for that. Yeah, we're also great. using... Asana for like straight up to-do lists, pretty much. Um, we're using, no, uh, sorry, Notion I mentioned, Mural for our brainstorming sticky note sessions, like that kind of stuff. Uh, we have the G Suite for all of our, you know, Google Drive and Docs for a few things and archives. Um, Slack, which we use quite synchronously, I would say, like, you know, for chatting during the day and of course Zoom which we are on right now, which is, I think their stock price increased 22% yesterday. Someone told me that. I was like, okay, yeah, I see why. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on Zoom at the moment. Yeah, exactly. This, this has to be, right? Like Zoom is, is one of the must-haves these days, especially. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Like a lot of people say they don't love it so much. It's just that it's the most used solution. So you kind of adapt to it because people yeah. know it. Exactly, exactly. And I think... I mean, it's, of course, like, it's not just the tool and it's not like you have to use this. This is the best option. It really depends, like, depends on the company, the team, the way they work. So a tool is just a tool, right? It should not dictate the way you work. Uh, and I know everyone is asking about tools and, and I think it comes from a place of sharing your knowledge uh, because some, like, some of the tools that we use at Deal, for example, are you know the, the usual suspects, but some of them are are not, or they're not working for for other companies. And I think it's it's just trying out and figuring out what makes the, the most sense for you as a team, um, mm, not necessarily absolutely. what is the best tool, because I don't think there is a best tool. All of them have drawbacks, right? Definitely, all of them have drawbacks and shortcomings, and also that 
discussion around like how much individuality do you give people, right? Because people that have worked remotely for a long time or, you know, people that have been in their field for a long time, they just have preferred tools that they like to work with. And like, like just how much do you allow that individuality and how much do you force people to work with what the team is using? I think that's also something that you need to figure out um, and, yeah. and balance. Yeah, There are actually so many things to, to figure out, uh, not just when it comes to communication, but also when it comes to um, some um, administrative challenges, uh, for example. So I know there are also a lot of tools who, which handle that. Uh, but uh, I'm interested, how are you managing uh, all these challenges uh, within your remote team? What challenges do you mean exactly? I mean, the administrative challenges. So how administrative. do you... Yeah. Um, tough to say. So we do have a mix between people who are employed at Acework in Germany and people who are working as freelancers, right? So I think that's already an administrative challenge that a lot of remote teams face is that instead of just having you know everyone employed in one office, like in Germany, it's all very regulated so you just kind of pay your social security and you're done with it um we have that like patchworky situation for sure um and i mean we as i mentioned before like we're a startup right so payroll and those kind of things i actually manage manually which some people tell me like you're crazy you know you're why are you doing this like you can eat like this is the easiest thing to automate there's you know i cannot agree more but yeah yeah go ahead um but there's a specific reason why i do it and it is um because like I feel the pain of salaries going out. I think that's, as a founder, I think that's very important, right? Like when you automate payments, like with your, similar with subscriptions, right? Like subscriptions you have, um, you, you know, you sign up and you forget about it. But I like, that makes me like every month, like really think about like, are we on the right path? Like forces me into that reflection. And it really helps me personally. But I also know that that's not sustainable and there'll be a point where I just have to, you know, let go and, and automate. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I do that at the moment. Um, but that's, yeah, it's, it's a mental thing. And then, yeah, everything else, I think I'm lucky I have a good tax advisor here in Germany, which is, I would recommend that to anyone. Have a good tax advisor, have a good accountant who can advise you um, on those cross-country things. Most remote companies also tend to have a global client base, right? So we started off having like our very first clients from the U.S., which is not normal, but and you need to figure out how that works with like value added tax and all those things. And yeah, get someone who will tell you this is really hard and you can't do it and then push them a little bit and say like, no, but we can. And then it's going to work out fine. But I definitely recommend that to everyone uh, who's yeah. starting out, right? <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to get that exactly. early on when you start a remote uh, business, that's, that's probably the, the first key people that you want to have otherwise you're going yeah, to run into for trouble sure, for sure do you have are you experiencing any other challenges um in in your personal um kind of founder ceo trying to have uh everything um figured out together is, is there anything else and i'm not talking here about like communication challenges or um productivity or something but is there anything else that you as a person and as a founder experience um uh, when it comes to like whole remote team management? Mm, I don't think if that's maybe remote specific, but maybe it is founder specific or even like female founder specific. Like I've been speaking to people about this a lot is um, what is called imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you are familiar with that term. It basically means that you constantly feel inadequate and like underprepared for the, not the task at hand, but like for what you're supposed to do. Um, and apparently it is more common in women 
um, mm-hmm. to feel that way. And I think that's something that I have to remind myself when I'm insecure about like testing something new or like, you know, offering something for the first time or having a conversation with a really big company that we've been wanting to talk to for a long time, like kind of like convincing yourself that you are prepared and that you have the knowledge. I think that is definitely one of those things that is maybe also part of my personality a little bit. Like I, I tend to be more of a perfectionist and like want to know everything before I go in. Um, and I'm not sure if that's generalizing into like male and female, but it was, or it is women's month. And so there was a lot about that is out there. Yeah, it's sure. actually a great, a great topic. And I think yeah. it's very present uh, throughout the industries. It's not just remote. I think it can be um, shown and seen pretty much everywhere. But is there anything specific that you do to surpass that? Like, do you do have a community to reach out to or do you find maybe some resources that can be helpful or anything that this is your red carpet to share your go-to <laughs> probably both of those I think yes I do have a great community um one that is like a female-led like a lot of entrepreneurs um supporting each other in Berlin but also remotely and then I have um a network of much more experienced founders um, that have grown companies much bigger than ours um, where I'm lucky enough I can just you know bring someone up and like bounce some ideas off and just get some you know maybe sometimes like tough love also you know um, I think that yeah. definitely helps um, and in terms of resources I gotta think about it for a second but I'm, I'm sure there's like a few things that I read um, and also like that yeah that that stuff that just the community shares right I think um, there are some great also female remote leaders out there. And that's what I love about the space. It seems like, you know, remote really enables um, female excellence, women leadership. There are so many companies that are remote that are led by female CEO or like a female um, female founder. Much yeah. more, I think, I than think, the average. Um, yeah, and I think those communities are growing as well. Like yeah. the, the support that the remote community shows uh, to, to fellow remote workers is just insane. Like, I, I love it. It seems that you're weirdest part of this one world where everyone is there for each other. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a relatively young space in the sense that um, everyone is just still finding their their niche and their business models. It's setting now a little bit, but at least when I started like two and a half years ago. Um, and I think that's what it was. But now, of course, like it is becoming a lot more crowded, especially with you know, work from home being such a big topic at the moment. Um, and I definitely like advise and encourage um, everyone who's been in this space before to really point that out. Like, don't be afraid to say like, you know, we've been shouting this from the rooftops when nobody wanted to listen. Um, and yeah, I think being also a little bit aware of that there are a lot of people claiming now that they are um, experts in the field. And, you know, they basically appeared overnight with, with the whole situation that happened with um, having to stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important that people are talking about it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we just need to, to keep talking about it and keep sharing our experiences in hopes that, you know, maybe there is one person who can listen or read or find us and reach out maybe and, and we can help that person. So it, that's, that's all it takes actually, just a uh, willingness to do something about it and, and give a voice to remote all over. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. So to conclude, I have uh, one last uh, question for you and it's actually just 
giving you the space to share anything interesting and new that's happening with Facework in the next period. Hmm, okay, that makes it like hyper relevant to right now um, because there are a lot of changes happening. Like, I mean, as I said, startup things are changing for sure. Uh, but what we're seeing at the moment is obviously the demand for um, people figuring out remote work has increased in immensely. And we've had our uh, advisory happening for like, it, it's been going on for a while, but we never really focused on it too much. And we were really focused on the hiring aspect. Um, and now we see that, you know, we, we need to support our companies in that transition. Um, we want companies to come out on the other side of this, we call it like the remote work or work from home experiment. Um, we want them to come out on the other side saying like, oh, actually, I can see the potential of this and not come out traumatized saying, oh, I can't wait to go back to the office. Um, so that's definitely one of the things that we're doing right now. We have um, open office hours that people can book in and just ask questions, um, reporting you know, on in immediate things. But then we also have like a larger advisory program that they can um, get some very pragmatic, very hands-on advice for the problems at hand. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what we're focusing on at the moment. Um, yeah, our talent advisory has been going on um, for a long time now. So I think that's, um, you know, something that companies can always reach out about. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We are not hiring at the moment, but probably later this summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we have a great content collaboration going on as well, you and I. So I yeah. think, uh, I know there's probably going to be like some cross-publishing for us uh april if this comes out in april um our big topic is actually going to be administrative challenges um in remote working so yeah. yeah there's there's definitely some some great stuff coming yeah and how can companies or people uh reach out to you um sure like linkedin is the easiest way i would say so i hope the linkedin link is somewhere we'll link it we'll link it yeah perfect uh so yeah linkedin is the easiest way just um connect with me and send me a message where you found me. That's very important. I always encourage everyone not just to send the connect, but also send the why. Um, and then I usually respond. Um, and that's how you can, how you can get in touch. Yeah. You're, you're really active on LinkedIn and I love reading your posts. You always have something uh, insightful to share. So yeah, make sure to check out uh, the, the LinkedIn profile and uh, reach out and see how it goes. Uh, wonderful. So thank you so much for being uh, on this podcast. It was a pleasure to talk to you as always. And yeah, I'm excited for our future collaboration. Uh, let's see what we can uh, make of it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well, Anya. All right. And that's it for the first episode of All Remote Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to reach out to Angelina or check out more about Acework, see the episode description. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to give it a thumbs up and subscribe not to miss the other episodes. Have a great day and see you soon.